All right, y'all, if you have trouble getting your spouse on board with real estate investing, this episode is for you. Our very special guests today are Nate and Bethany Smith, aka the cash flow couple, and they drop some amazing nuggets that I feel like are going to help your better half realize that this real estate investing thing isn't such a bad thing after all. Matter of fact, you're going to build some huge wealth out of doing it when you do it correctly. So do yourself a favor, go to their phone, go to their device, whatever that case may be, maybe a tablet, smartphone, whatever the case it is, subscribe them to the W2 Capitalist podcast and just start playing this episode, right? And better half, as you're listening to this, I'm going to butter you up first. You're a beautiful person. You're a very smart person. You're a very conservative person. You don't want to necessarily dive into this yet because you've heard some horror stories or you just don't know anybody else is doing this and it sounds crazy to you completely get it. Here's what I would love for you to do better half, right? I'm not talking about the person who put this podcast in your ears. I'm talking about the better half, right? The, the smarter, more beautiful person in the relationship, right? I'm buttering you up. I'm buttering you up for so that you will send me an email at j at w2capitalist.com so that me and you and your spouse can get on a phone call. It is not going to cost you a dime. And let's talk about what reservations you have and see if we can't get past those so that we can start building legacy wealth, not even legacy wealth yet, just start building wealth for you and your family and your future. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms. I'm the founder of this podcast and movement. And today we have something I've never done before. It's a couple coming on the podcast as well as a co-host. Before we get into today's episode, huge shout out to DJ Tellier, T-E-L-L-I-E-R. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. DJ, thank you so much for the five-star rating and review on iTunes. DJ goes on to say real world stuff. Love Jay's podcast as they bring a more real and down to earth approach than many others. DJ, thank you very much for that. That rating and review helps get our podcast, get the W2 Capitalist podcast into the ears of others so that we can help them build wealth. And if you're listening to this and you have not yet left us a rating and review, that is the five stars plus the written comment, please do so. It takes only about two minutes to do that. And I will forever be grateful, right? Because the more of you that leave a rating and review, the more we get to help others build wealth. And speaking of building wealth, you guys have heard me talk about this infinite banking strategy, the bank on yourself concept, and how you can become your own bank. I don't know why I said you. That was really weird. How you can become your own bank with this whole bank on yourself concept. It is a strategy that typically only the uber rich have used for the last couple hundred years, but I've started doing it myself. And if you stick around to the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a very special link that gets you a free 15-minute consultation to my guy, Mark Willis, who is also a sponsor of the podcast here. And it's basically a a consultation, right? To see if the bank on yourself concept is a strategy that is right for you. It's no pressure. Uh, One thing I love about Mark is he is a no pressure salesman. He is going to present you the facts and he's going to tell you either yes or no, this is right for you and some potential next steps that you and he are going to work through. All right. But for now, let's get into today's episode with Nate, Bethany, and our co-host, Mr. Jamie O'Brien. You are a 
W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Jamie, Nate, and Bethany, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here. (laughs) So if you're listening, if you're watching, this is the first show we've ever had a couple on. It's also the first time I've ever had a co-host on, Jamie O'Brien from the W2 Capitalist Mastermind, one of our VPs in the Mastermind is joining us today. And we're interviewing the cash flow couple, your cash flow couple, right? And I love this topic and I love that you guys are coming on because I want to know this, this topic comes up a lot, right? And in the mastermind, we've actually got couples that come in, we've got, um, you know, husbands and wives, sometimes the husband's leading the charge and the wife's trying to pick up and, and carry on. Sometimes the wife's leading the charge and the husband is just sure, honey, whatever you want to do kind of thing. But you guys are doing this together, right? I can imagine in a, in a fictitious world, everything just is sunshine and rainbows when it comes to you guys working together and building your own real estate empire. But I am sure it didn't start out that way. Is that fair to say? Fair to say. So let's, let's start there. Let's start from the beginning. All right, Nate, you're, you are now uh, semi-retired, I guess, um, uh, pilot from the military. But now yep, you're, so you're focused part-time. on investing full-time or part-time, but also still serving a little bit with the Air National Guard. Bethany, you have, well, as we were just chatting about, probably served a bigger sacrifice is supporting one that's in the service. <laughs> I don't know but about you guys that. are both, both focused on multifamily now or, or investing. So let's start at the very beginning. How did this all begin, right? Where, where, did, where was the aha moment? Oh, I got to stop flying planes. Well, you may not ever stop flying planes, but if definitely not, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) When did that aha moment happen for you? And what did that look like? The conversation between the two of you? Um, I've always been very driven and entrepreneurial in a sense. Um, since I was a kid, the goal was, was fly for the military. So I was very, I mean, I was, I was, I mean, I I approached that like an entrepreneur approach to start a business. Like it was, it was a grind. It was a hustle. I had to sell myself to my commanders and people that I work with to, give me time off to go do certain things, to be able to do the things I needed to do to get to the ultimate goal for the path that I chose. Um, and then when I first joined the military, I was enlisted. And I, as soon as I got off the base, off the dorms, I bought a house. Cause I was like, oh, I'm 22 years old. This makes sense, or 21, it makes sense to buy a house. So I did the VA loan, got a house, um, ended up renting that for eight years. Didn't make a dime off of it because I sold it for the same thing I bought it for eight years later. It was a very <laughs> small market. Um, but I, so we saw the potential there. and. We got the experience like well, we got married right after I bought the house and um, we went through rehab, we rehabbed a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of like some of that experience of, of working on a property and we saw the potential with with real estate investing. And so from there, still the focus at that point was getting the pilot route going and, and flying for the military. So we were pursuing that and I was going through school and different pilot training the civilian side. Um, but we got introduced to some more real estate stuff through like Robert Kiyosaki, went through his some of his programs. Um, and then through that whole process, we're like, hey, we want to be in real estate. We don't know exactly what's going to be. Um, my wife got involved in the residential side for a while, 
Grant Cardone kind of came into the picture, started following him and listening to his podcast, 16 units or more, 16 units or more, started doing the math, like, hey, <laughs> nothing less than 16 units. And I was like, we're just going to skip the single family game and just go straight to multifamily. And so um, end of 20, end of 2018, uh, beginning of 2019, we made that leap. Uh, we, we attended a, an event, networked with a bunch of people. Um, I deployed for four months and I said, hey, babe, you got it. And she, uh, she led the charge um, <laughs> while I was in the Middle East and um, got up getting her first deal at the end of that year. But all of her pickup on the, on the multifamily side, because that's been really where she's led the charge on that side of things of what we do. So mm-hmm. Yeah, he, awesome. had, he had mentioned my backgrounds in residential sales. I worked for a, a, a sales team in Utah for a few years. And while we um, did residential, we had a lot of investor clients that were buying, you know, duplexes, small multis up to about six units. And I just really uh, enjoyed working with those clients. I liked how they thought. I saw the cash flow they were getting from some of their properties. And um, I was like, well, we, we could do this. Um, we had a, a property, basically a fourplex at the time that was cash flowing pretty well. And we just saw the power in having multiple doors. And so we wanted to, to scale and get into apartment investing. So yeah, as he mentioned, I, I had quit my job the end of 2018 and to, to focus all of my time, energy and efforts on um, getting multifamily up and running in whatever aspect that meant. So I went to a bunch of events, networked, you know, podcasts, books, like just really poured myself into it. He was actually at the time flying for the airline. So we had free air travel. So it was just like flying all over, <laughs> wow. going to different events going to different markets. I think I, I counted, I visited our target markets at least a dozen times that year, um, just to kind of get to know the areas and, and local connections, brokers, sellers, that sort of thing. So it was fun. It was a whirlwind. Yeah, definitely. Sure. It seems like a whirlwind now, right? Uh, looking back mm-hmm. on it, you're probably, how the heck did we do all that? And <clears throat> I, I think it's interesting. You mentioned that he was flying for the airline. So you had some probably buddy passes or something like that yep. you could use. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that is it. So I was I'm trying to teach my son to, he's six, right? And it's like, look, you've got to figure out what's your slight edge. Stay competitive. Don't cheat. I'm not, ta- I'm not teaching you to cheat. I'm saying take that slight competitive edge that you can figure out. And this is it for you guys, right? As you had that buddy pass. So instead of spending <laughs> thousands of dollars to fly to all these different markets or just relying on what most of us have to do and virtually drive them and, and, and make phone calls and do Zoom meetings, you guys got on the ground and that was your competitive advantage, right? Is being able to take advantage mm-hmm. of uh, what Nate was doing and fly around. That's, that's pretty incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I want to back up to the very first property though, Nate. You said that you... Um, you guys didn't make any money on it. Kind of walk me through the numbers. What, is, what does that actually mean? Um, so we bought, I bought the property. Was, I actually bought it as a foreclosure. So I thought I was doing the right thing, right? Uh, didn't put any money down on it. Um, fixed it, put some money into it at the time. I got a new home home credit of like eight grand. So I poured all that into the property. Mm-hmm. We ended up renting it out. It was cash flowing decent for like a single family numbers. Like if you see the number of single family, we're, we're cash flowing like 150, 200 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we had things like, we had to replace the roof. That was six grand. That wiped out a couple of years. We had to do, redo the heating and air. That wiped it out a couple more years. And then we sold it for like three or four grand more than what we paid for it. So all said and done, we ended up kind of where we were just with the experience of having to deal with uh, owning a rental property. And we did it all from afar too. We had local local company taking care of it for us. So that kind of ate up some okay. of the, the rental costs too. But, um, but yeah, so it's just we, the market we were in is in a small town, South Georgia, Valasta, Georgia. It doesn't grow. Oh, it doesn't yeah. shrink. 
it's a military yeah. base, military <laughs> town. Uh, so, um, I would say for that, without that experience though, I don't think we would be doing what we're doing sure. today. Cause it, it, it got our, our feet in that industry. Yeah. It gave us tangible hands-on like, Oh wow. If I buy a property, you know, with a no or low money down loan and move into it. And that can be a small multifamily at the, <clears throat> the time we didn't really know that, but you can get into a small multifamily property like that. You can live in one of the units yeah. and work on fixing up the whole place. So the shared effort that we both were putting into the house too, I think is one key of where we really unlock that we enjoy working together really closely. Yeah. And, you know, we, it will we test your marriage. Yeah, it will definitely yeah, it test your marriage. Yeah. If you take First on a fixer upper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we redid all the flooring. We did tile flooring, which was not, oh. that was a lot of work. I did it once. I'm glad I know, I know what it's like. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> And teaching this one how to paint. So he would roll her over the outlets and up on the ceiling. <laughs> Come on, Nate. Seriously. Well, I, was like, I was like 22 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But well, that's the point right there is I love the fact that at 22 years old, you had the insight to go out and buy your first home, utilize what you had at your disposal on the VA loan. And then Bethany too, I mean, you're working with these multifamily investors and you see an opportunity there. So, I mean, what I gathered from you guys' story was that you both took opportunities that may or may not have been exactly what you wanted to do, but you've evolved those into your bigger purpose now, right? And the, you've mm -hmm. kind of made that teamwork happen. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to get on this podcast uh, was I love the fact that your mission is working with couples and financial education. I think that's so important. And I think that that's a huge, really a lacking um, education platform in our country right now. So For sure. um, could you tell me, I mean, a little bit about just how that all evolved? I mean, and I, we kind of got your backstory on kind of where you came from. And, and so tell, tell me about how you guys work with couples and kind of what that looks like. Sure. So, um, Early on, we just we, we realized what we were taught about money growing up wasn't going to get us to our goals and dreams that we wanted to accomplish. Because um, I looked at where, you know, people in my, in my sphere of influence at the time, five, 10 years, 20 years down the road, um, they weren't anywhere near the what I was what I, what I envisioned. And so um, it kind of led on a journey of personal development and just surrounding ourselves with people that were in the position that we were and through that through that influence that osmosis, if you will, um, we started just getting passionate about, hey, there's a huge problem here for one of the financial literacy side. It's not taught in schools. It's not really taught in society. I feel like the industry as a whole has rigged the system against most people. And, um, and so we just started reading books and kind of just educating ourselves for the longest time. And then about a year and a half ago, we decided to start a financial services company and get and really build a business around financial literacy and helping people in that, in that capacity. And um, so now we're doing it on that side. As far as a, as a couple, you know, as our brand that we're trying to build as your cash flow couple, we're really passionate about inspiring other couples to figure out how they can work together. Every, every relationship is different. Every dynamic is different. What works for us won't work for everybody else. But there's certain things that we had to work through, like a lot of couples do that we figured out that's uh, kind of got us on the same page. Uh, one of the biggest things was we had different ideas of what success looked like. My, my idea was success was you know, a G7, G650 and having, you know, cool things like that. Uh, there's, no. there's a, there's a MiG-29 that's currently for sale in the market. I want to own that. Yeah, yeah. Buy it. Um, and, and I also, I'm also passionate about helping people. Like I know one of the things that really got us inspired initially was uh, Grant Cardone's Millionaire Booklet. And in that book, he talks about how 
he, when he, before he wrote that book, he was at a charity event and he, he just wrote the check. And I was like, I want to be the guy that could be in the room that can just write the check. And, um, and so that was a big part of it too. But for initially we had to work through as a couple is figure out what are our individual goals and drives and, and, and dreams and then figure out, okay, what does this ultimately need at the end of the day? It needs money, it needs cash. Mm-hmm. And so how do we get the cash to support those other things? And so uh, once we figured out what our individual like goals and dreams are, which are look, they're, they're different. Her passions are slightly different than my passions. But once we got those aligned, we got on the same tracks, go in the same direction uh, to get to what we ultimately needed to be able to do that. And that's time and money. And so mm-hmm. ultimately through Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, we realized, well, we have to get on the right side of that quadrant, definitely to be able to do that. And so um, once we figured that part out, then we just kind of got on the same path and and I would say, found the opportunities to be able to do that. So, so the real turning point for us came, as, as we've mentioned, we've done a lot of different entrepreneurial things. We've done real estate. We were in Amway for a while. We've done, we had a lawn mowing business. I was a personal trainer for a little while. We've done digital marketing. Like we've done a bunch of different things. And about, um, let's see, I can't remember exactly how many years ago when I um, started working in residential sales, I thought I wanted to be a realtor at the time and came to find out I didn't want to be a realtor, but um, <laughs> gave me such amazing experience in that space. And I was really happy. I was really happy with what I was doing. I, I had a great job. I loved, uh, I loved my boss. I loved my colleagues and, and my career was excelling, which as a side note for a military spouse is really hard to do. When you have your, sure. your family moving really frequently, it's really hard to grow a career. That's a I, common problem we face. And so I had finally found my kind of my groove and, and my niche, and I didn't really want to be upset from that. And then here comes Nate, like, hey, we should do this venture and we should do this. And you should listen to this Grant Cardone guy. And I love Grant now, um, but at the time I couldn't stand him. I thought he was uh, really brash <laughs> <laughs> and, and flashy and you no know, substance and loud. And I would just be like, can you just turn that off? Like, I <laughs> And, um, and we were kind of at odds, I would say for, I'm not sure exactly the time frame, but Nate would be like, well, I'd really like you to kind of get in this personal development space that I'm enjoying so much. I'm learning a ton. I'm meeting some cool people and listening to this great information. I'm learning about this multifamily investing thing. I'm just like, not right now. I don't want to, I don't want to dedicate brain bites to that. I don't want to do that. And I find that connection a lot with a lot of other women where mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're raising the family, maybe they have a career, whatever, whatever it is, they, they don't really want to be um, distracted from that core goal and focus and passion that they have. So that comes off to the husband, like, I don't really care about what you're into. Let me <laughs> you know, do my own thing. And so that's how I, I think I definitely came across was I'm too busy. Don't bother me. You do you, I'll do me. Um, but he kept asking a pointed question that made a big difference. It was, if you could do anything with your time, and if you could be spending time with anybody that you wanted, what would your life look like? And he brought that up. I don't know. A couple of years. Yeah, probably for a couple of years to just kind of figure out, but if he hadn't really phrased it in that way, instead of just, you should do this, or you should do that, or, or just kind of being silent about it he kept bringing it up, which I appreciated, you know, he really wanted to get us both on the same page. So for me, what that looked like is the material stuff just really does not apply or appeal to me as much. Of course, I like nice things, but it's like, 
a huge ginormous house. I I'm like, that's just more to I gotta clean it. And Somebody yeah, does. More for creepy, you know, creepy. I just say we'll hire someone to clean it. Yeah. There you go. Oh, hey, no. yeah I don't want to yeah. be alone in a big house by myself. Um, it's just more stuff to manage. I'm kind of a minimalist, I think. And so I was just like, no, I don't need all that. But when I thought about, boy, if I had the time, that would make a big difference. I could spend time with my family. I could take care of those I love, I could spend time in charities and investing in businesses and stuff. And so that realization has really come full circle for me now where it's like, boy, you know, one of our, one of our main business mentors was telling us, you know, I was like, I realized that we're going to need a crap ton of money to invest in those sorts of things. And he's like, you're wrong. You need two crap tons. <laughs> and you probably still won't have enough. Yeah. Still and you still probably. won't have what you want. So well, what you just unpacked there is so, it's so like, I've got so much I want to try and dig into there because I, this, this interview being a part of this for me was selfish. I'm going to be totally honest. <laughs> I cannot seem to get my wife to exactly your point to care about what, we're doing. I say we, cause I, can, I want to make it inclusive. Right. But we have twin daughters that are four years old. She's trying to keep the house in line. She's trying to, you know, do her own thing. And it does come off to me as like, I'm disinterested in what you're doing and I can't wait to bring her in. I'm like, if you see this vision, we can both get there a lot faster, by the way, quit shopping, please. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, like, how did you guys, and, and I guess talk to me a little bit about what you see in other couples, like, I, I love the story of how you guys kind of got on the pa same page and Nate, you kept bringing the pointed question. I need to do a better job of not being like, why don't you care? You know, rather than <laughs> asking the right questions, but what do you see as the biggest holdup for people or the biggest hurdle for couples to kind of get over as you're working with them? Cause I, I do struggle with this that I want her to be so big of a part of this to the point. I was like, why don't you get your realtor license? Why don't you do this? And there's just not that passion right now for her yeah. to want to do that. And so um, if you don't mind, and this may be kind of taking it off track, but I, that's to me is like, I would love to know what the secret sauce is. <laughs> um, I think one, I think you got to figure out the dynamic of the individual of your relationship. Um, every relationship is different. You have kids, which is a little bit different dynamic. You got to you know, work through. Sure. I don't have kids. so I can't like, speak to that, but just generally speaking, I think it's more of long, uh, kind of ask that same question that we, that she talked about is figure out what's really important to her as far as like with kids or, uh, maybe it's her parents or maybe it's some uh, something else that is really important that she wants to be able to contribute to that it's not going to happen unless you have more time and you have more money um, and so and then once you figure once we figured that piece out then we just had to figure out the vehicle that we were going to use to get to there um, and then we just had to, then we worked out what our roles were going to be like right now because we don't have kids we have a little bit more more active involved I'm sure we have when we have kids that that dynamic will adjust a little bit but even so like one mind telling we always talk about is even if we do have kids, we're not going to make, I'm not going to make them my, our excuse. And one of my, one of my exa the examples of that is, is Grant Cardone and Elena. They take their kids everywhere. They plug them in. They're at the office, like, um, and they're involved in, in everything that they're doing. And so while in that relationship, Elena's kind of taking care of the kids and she's more of the home, take, take care of the home thing, but she's very supportive and they're very on the same page with things. They don't use their kids as an excuse. I can't, I don't know. I don't have kids yet. So I can't say exactly what it's going to be like when that time sure. happens. But I think it ultimately just comes down to is, do we see the same, getting the same vision or at least understanding each other's visions and figuring out, okay, what, how, do we, how do we accomplish those visions? Uh, what's our vision as individuals? And then maybe as a family. Um, and, then, and, then, and then once you work through that, that could take some time. It took us a couple of years of, of really working through it and talking about it before um, it really kind of came together as far as what we're gonna do. And then we just had to figure out the roles we were gonna play. Um, 
you know, if we had kids, I'd imagine her role would be more of taking care of the kids and the family unit, but she's also, she's also pretty driven. So she'd probably have a little bit more integral role in, in the business side of things, but, um, but we would have, but we're on, the, we're on the same page. So I think it's just asking those questions, asking the right questions. One of the, one of my mentors talks about the quality of the questions determine the quality of your life. And so asking those right questions and the quality questions that get to the root of the, the answer you're looking for, the root of what you're trying to accomplish, I think is, is really important. I, I want to stick, re- right, stick right there for just a minute because it seems everything you've talked about makes me feel like you two communicate very well together. But you just yeah. you mentioned it, it took you years to get there, right? And it's all about the right questions and asking questions, right? So husbands that are listening, ask those questions. Wives that are listening, ask those questions, right? I mean, it's the communication is key. And I'm in the similar boat to I'm in a similar boat to Jamie, but different because my wife's all like always, hey, how can I help you? I want to help you do more. I want to help you with a business. And I look at, so we have three kids, six and under, right? And I look at what she has on her plate. And I'm like, how, I mean, what can you, do? like, how can you help? Because the moment you start helping me, who's watching the kids, you know? I mean, it's just one of those things. And they don't, you don't want me watching all three of them <laughs> at one point in time. But I think, it, I think it's key, at least just to start having those questions and, and, and conversations and it seems like you guys had them often, uh, very yeah. often. I mean, do y'all sit down? Do y'all have a, a block time on your schedule every week where you sit down and you talk about the state of the union and kind of what's yeah. bothering one another and kind of, I mean, put out those good quality questions for each other? How, how do you guys yeah. continue to communicate yeah. with one another yeah, like I that? I think the, the biggest thing for me has been learning how to communicate effectively and really quickly in a way that builds us both up. So I've been more guilty of this where I'll give like constructive feedback on a website or a funnel or business card that he's designed. And I'm just like, this, this, and this needs to change. Say that. And then I just walk out and he's like, you are so rude, you know? So we'd have some, some, like some, some, uh, confrontation about that. Yeah. But as soon as we kind of tweaked our communication, just a little bit. So maybe still keeping the same feedback and saying the, the same gist of it, but you know, sand, the sandwich ten technique where you say something positive, then you give them the feedback, then you say something positive at the end again, yeah. or just, you know, put your, put your hand on them and be like, I love that. You did such a good job. Like, um, you know, where you're kind of given double like verbal and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> that that can help you know we just really help lock it in so uh, tweaking our communication and and the style of it a little bit has just helped so much and then understanding our unique strengths has also been really key so there's a book out there called rocket fuel it's an audiobook too um but that was really um pivotal in helping us understand our relationship not all couples out there like this but i think every couple probably has a dynamic that 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 shows us to some extent where you have a visionary kind of the big picture person, maybe the, the, the real driver. And then you have the integrator who's more of the support. They help get the details in, in order. They help execute. And that's me. I'm really the integrator in our relationship and he's more of the visionary. However, we both share some, like some, in some things he's more detail oriented. Uh, hmm. And in some ways I'm more de- detail oriented. So just kind of recognizing what are our strengths? What do we enjoy doing more? And each of us working to our strengths so that we are energized and, and, you know, like passionate about what we're doing. Like I love 
client servicing. I love servicing our clients. I love networking. I love building relationships. I love that whole conversation piece. Nate loves talking to people and working with people, <laughs> but I thrive off it, of it where I'm just like extremely energized by that. So, and then I also love systems and details and keeping things organized. And so really finding our key strengths has been really key too, where we can kind of stay working in our individual wheelhouses and get yeah. and thrive off of that. Yeah. The other part of your question, you know, we never really had block time set aside, dedicated to these conversations. We just had them as we went along. If we're on a trip, we're driving, we're having these conversations. Um, we, we, chill, you know, we try to have a date night once a week. And we definitely, we're starting to integrate this now more so is at least like once a quarter, we step, we take a, we take a trip. If we had kids who do the same thing, we'd find someone to watch the kids. Take a trip, for like a weekend, go somewhere else, change the environment. And, and, and then we have you know, more deeper conversations, reprioritizing our goals, what's really important for us as, you know, as a couple, as a family, um, and then making sure those priorities are in order. So that's, that's another thing we're starting to integrate. But what really helped us, I think, discover these questions and, and have these conversations were we went to a lot of networking, we went to a lot of events, whether it was things like GrowthCon, whether it was real estate events, whether it was masterminds, whether it was reading books, listening to podcasts, like we were constantly, we were, both of us were developing ourselves personally. And sometimes even in some of those books we would do together to where we'd open up those conversations. So um, it was, it was a commitment on both of our parts to develop, to personal development. And honestly, the catalyst for that for us was Amway. Cause we did that when we first got married, mm -hmm. best personal development pro company in the country. Didn't make any money with that thing, but got <laughs> us in the books, right? You know, rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think yep. and Grow Rich, uh, Magic Thinking Big. Um, we both read those books and we listened to the, to the to the leaders in that company. They were always big picture, big visionary. They had families, they had good, good examples to follow. And we just kind of carry that on. And we just made a, a point to always find those, put ourselves in those rooms with those types of people. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, ask other people too, like, you know, asking, you know, other couples that are, had the, had the marriage and the life that we're striving for, Hey, what's working for you? What, how'd you guys figure this out? Love it. Um, and that's, that's always, yeah. that's been an integral part of what we've been consistently and, doing. And to add to that, it's so much fun to go to these events together. So for any couples out there where the, the one spouse is like, Oh, you know, I don't want to go to that. I'm shy. I'm introverted <laughs> uh, for whatever reason. Or if, or if the, the, the one that's going is like, well, I'm going to this. You know, if, 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 if the one who's like, I'm going to this. So in this example, let's just say it's a husband. If he were to like, Hey, I'd really like you to come along. And then if wife is like, well, I no, I got to stay home with the kids. Um, maybe say, I'll take care of it. I'll get a sitter. I'll have family, whatever. Or if they are really fighting you about it, just take the, just take the leap and just book the sitter, book the family member, have like a nice romantic dinner, maybe pre-scheduled or something and make it kind of like a little mini getaway too. Yeah. So I think for me, yeah. I really enjoy meeting the people that Nate's networking with, you know, you're just like, you mm. want to have those same relationships. And so for me to have, I want to be more involved because I, I, you know, I like, I like meeting all those people anyway, but if, if he were to like, you know, Hey, I, I want you to come along. I, I already booked it. Our tickets are for these days. You know, you can hang out in the hotel or you can come with me. That'd be awesome. I'd love to have you network. No pressure. If you don't want to, that's fine. But I just love to have you there. Yep. So if you're kind of coming from that stance of like, Hey, I care about you. I want to spend time with you. And then taking the extra step of like, I already planned it out. So you can't say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Breaks down their defense. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, everything's a sale, right? We that's all, it. Everything yeah, we're doing is a it. sale. So it's figuring out, you know, <laughs> what the, what the pitch is and, and what the, what the approach is and all that type of stuff is. And is there's important. two times now you, you mentioned this when you were building your business and kind of getting started and trying to figure out where you want to go. And you kind of looked at your 
I, w- I want to say, quote unquote, was your, uh, your circle of influence, right? Or your uh, sphere of influence. And you're like, these people are not where I want to be right now. And you started reaching out and up. And now you brought it up again with your, um, with your marriage, right? And you're like, who has a really great marriage? Uh, let's go to those events. Let's go network with those people. And that is just a huge, huge piece. And this is where I shamelessly plug the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. And I'll give you a link at the end of the episode, which is where all this is coming together. But I want, I want to ask you a question too, because you, you guys are very, you both have very entrepreneurial um, mindsets, right? Nate, you said you approached joining the Air Force uh, and, and getting um, into that as an entrepreneur would. Right. And then Bethany, you went off your laundry list of businesses that you've owned. Y'all both have this entrepreneur. Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, you're definitely go getters, but y'all just have this entrepreneur spirit. What if in this couple's relationship, one spouse has this driven entrepreneur spirit, just wants to go after it. And the other one is more comfortable with the whole household just being part of the W-2 world. And this, I'm using air quotes for people who are just listening, guaranteed paycheck and being part of that world and kind of holds the other one back from going after investing or, or anything entrepreneur. How yeah. often does that happen? And what kind of advice can you, can you give couples that are in that scenario for both sides, right? Yeah. Hey guys, I want to take a break from the interview with Nate, Bethany, and Jamie and let you know about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. This is a virtual mastermind built for all experience levels and niches of real estate investing. We have over 20 calls that are hosted at various times all throughout the month. And it's a way for you to get connected with like-minded people from across the country who want to see you succeed. And for the month of April, we've opened up five more spots for people to come join us in the mastermind. But we don't take just everyone. So head over to w2capitalist.com forward slash apply to submit your application to join us in the mastermind w2capitalist.com forward slash apply a-p-p-l-y and get your application in so you can take advantage of one of these five spots that we're opening up for the month of april now let's get back to the interview with nate bethany and jamie that's that's probably the toughest dynamic right to 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 work through um I think it still goes back to asking that question and, you know, and for, I know, I know for me, cause I, I grew up very much that way. W2 type mentality. I grew up, my dad was military retired. My grandpa was military retired. My whole family is W2. I'm not, not entrepreneurial, which is, which is awesome. But when I, when I discovered entrepreneurship and I started initially, it was scary, right? It's scary yeah. when you, you, it's, it's everything rises and falls on you. But once you get learn that skill that no matter what, I can always go out and produce and put food on the table. Just like a hunter can do it. I know I can always go out and hunt and, and make a sale or, or put some up online or whatever. Like I don't worry about money anymore. Like I'm not, we're not to the position we want to be, but once I learned sales and I learned those skill sets and I learned how to be an entrepreneur, what it means to, to do that. I was like, why would I, I would never want to go back to a W2. Back. Um, yeah. But not everybody's like that. So I think it still comes down to asking the question of what, what's important to them. What do they value? Um, and maybe they're not going to be fully, they may not switch to be a full on driven entrepreneur like the, the, the other spouses, but maybe you just work out like kind of what she said earlier, like, you know, figure out how to 
cater it to their their likes. You know, if, if it's going to an event, we'll figure out how to make it like a, maybe it's more, they're more it's just a romantic vacation. We can still develop the relationship and maybe over time they will become more and more interested in, um, in what you're doing and what, what you're not doing uh, or what you are doing. So, and I would add, I just add, you know, oh, sorry, I'll say the last thing too is just, you know, it takes a, obviously a big commitment on that because I could take, you know, it could take a year, it could take two years, it could take a long time to do that. Um, they're completely negative and they never change. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> That's a hard one to answer, answer right? <laughs> what I would say to that is money talks. So um, I've definitely been in that, in that position where I've, to, so to back it up, we had entrepreneurial pursuits that did not go very well, oh, yeah. spent a lot yeah. of money. And for me, it has, it has been very stressful. Um, he's been the forward thinking kind of big picture person. So not that he hasn't really cared about, you know, paying bills, obviously that's a concern. It's always been top of my mind. So if there was yeah. one of the two of us, two of us that was gonna be that kind of W2, I'll just make the money over here, you know, or whatever. Um, so the best strategic advice I can give is like, do not quit your day job, you know, before you can actually step away and go full bore into the entrepreneurial pursuit, or maybe it's the, the one, the one, you know, partner spouse that's, that's working the W2. That's awesome. They keep working the W2. You got to pay your bills while you get this business up and launched and, and, and fully, fully stabilized, you know? Um, or maybe, you know, you can, the one who's doing W2 can, can just, they're just supportive as an overall spouse, as long as they're positive and supportive and, you know, like good for you. I'm going to be over here, you know, paying the bills and, and maybe help, you know, making dinner and keeping, you know, track of the, all the household tasks, kids on top of that. Like it's really all I can ask for. And then, and then I would say, just, just trying to make sure that you're sharing, like he mentioned, you know, getaway trips and, and keeping them informed of like, you know, these, these are our overall goals, having those kind of big picture goals. But really at the end of the day, if, if there's kind of a, a, a non-supportive spouse who believes the W2 is the way to go, money truly does talk. And if you're starting to pull in a lot of money, who, who hates money out there? I mean, who's, who's not going to be like, okay, cool. I would like a bigger house, you know? So it's the, kind of up to the entrepreneurial one to start yeah. bringing in the money. Honestly, the business is always it's, it's as long as it's producing, right? Everybody's happy and covering yeah. their basic expenses. And so I love I love you guys' story. I love how you connected uh, with each other. And you know, I think Nate, you said something. You were getting deployed. You said, Bethany, we know we want to invest in multifamily. Go have fun. Figure it out. I'll see you in eight nine months or whatever. <laughs> four I want to get me. to some of those. How many was it? It was only four. Fortunately, four. I've done, okay. I've done I'm the sorry, long I, ones, but it was only four this time. <laughs> I exaggerated just a little bit, but it seems like you guys have built a system really help other couples do that. I mean, so I, am I kind of just learning about who you guys are and what you've done? You've got the how money works. You've got your financial services business. And then Bethany, you're your principal in the uh, multifamily masters. Kind of lead me through how, how all those tie together and what each one, like kind of each part of those um, really tie into the big picture. Sure. So, so probably starting out with multifamily most recently, because we got into multifamily as a new venture at the beginning of 2019. And he's right. That was primarily my focus. Um, we got our first asset, asset um, closed by the end of the year, uh, apartment in Southern Arizona. Um, but both of us doing that, we, we quickly realized to be able to grow and scale this real estate portfolio to the extent we want, we really need a cash flow generating business, sure. um, which we had seen modeled by some of our mentors, you know, that we, and, and, you know, we didn't want to have a real estate investing business. We wanted to invest in real estate, but build it more, build it out more okay. as, a, as a lifestyle where it's like, we're, we're making money over here with our main cash flow business. And then we're investing in real estate. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was the yeah. biggest thing for us is we, we were trying to, when we were going through those questions, we were like, what is the lifestyle we're, we're going for? And the models that we saw, like we, cause that first year we, we were just now starting to collect from that, do that Tucson deal that mm-hmm. we've had for two years. Yep. Um, takes a while to get the cap, get the money coming in. And so we're like, okay, we gotta make, we gotta pay bills. We gotta make good money. We also wouldn't want to have a W2 either. So, um, we decided to, we were sure what, like, what, what venture we're going to go into. I was doing digital marketing before, um, financial services business came along. We liked how it aligned with the financial literacy piece aligned with educating about how money really works, which ties into real estate, uh, generational. It all connects, right? I mean, it's almost like building a foundation yeah. and then growing it up to, yeah. to mm-hmm. give them or provide, I guess, a platform, uh, mm-hmm. for an option to, to build your wealth at kind of the end of that financial uh, yep. journey, if you will. Right. Yep. And so I, I love every that. Every couple out there faces money issues. Every couple fights about money. It's the largest uh, cause, cause of, of argument, course. right. In, yeah. in America. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. so that was, uh, that, it, you know, it, it all came, it, it's, it still blows our mind how it all came together. Like we didn't plan it this way. We knew multifamily was, that was pretty much in the plan. Everything else is kind of just, but came together. Uh, we're, we believe in God. So we kind of believe how God trying to orchestrate everything came together sure. for us. And that was really, it's just really interesting to see how it all worked out. But yeah. And then from there, as the, the financial business came on board with, we started, we're very passionate financial leaders already had the platform to be able to scale that tied to real estate investing. They were like, well, we are also passionate about inspiring couples. So your cash flow couple came along because it ties yeah. into the, the financial literacy and everything together. So one key yeah. event for me that kind of helped plant the seed for like this, the whole mission of your cash flow couple, I guess you could say was we were at a real estate investing conference and I lost count of how many men came up to me asking how he got me there. Yeah. I'm like, actually, yeah. I'm a I mean, real estate one. Hello. I'm here. Um, <laughs> but, but so the question should be asked is how'd you get him here? But like tears, <laughs> like they were crying. You know, wow. had some really powerful conversations of what they could maybe, you know, how they could communicate with their their spouse or partner to get mm-hmm. them there. And so, um, yeah, it was hard. It's hard to it's see a- these guys like, I really want my wife here, you know, sharing this. But yeah, yeah, it's a tough conversation, you know, for a lot of people. And and um, love my wife to death. We're I think we're on the same page, but she hates those conversations. It's just not something she enjoys. <laughs> I'll talk about money and finances, what we're doing, different investment opportunities. Like I get, I get a kick out of it. Like I enjoy yeah. that. Um, yeah. It stresses her out, you know, it's yeah. just that she, she wants to know that we're safe and we're comfortable. And so there's, I think there's a lot of couples that battle with that. And I think what you guys have built here um, can help a lot of people. So I'm curious selfishly about the multifamily masters and kind of what, tell me about what that, what that program is. I know it's uh, you said it's a national or international mastermind. Is that right? I guess I'll let mm-hmm. you do the talking and tell me kind of where you guys are, are where you're growing and, and a little bit more about it. Yeah, it was really, um, we, so it's multifamily masters is our community multifamilymasters.com and it grew out of a small network of uh, multifamily focused meetups in the LA area. And we met together as, as wannabe multifamily investors who wanted to invest outside of the state of California. So um, we grew nationwide. We have about 50 chapters now. Um, and we just help people get started in, in, in multifamily investing. Uh, we have a mastermind. We have um, all the meetup chapters I mentioned. We have a great Facebook community. And it's just a place for people to come in. Maybe they want to buy a fourplex by themselves. Awesome. We can help with that. Maybe they want to get in a large scale syndication. Awesome. We can help connect you with teams in your respective market, you're looking in to get into that. Um, so yeah, it's been a really, a really great community. There there's, I consider some of them, you know, family friends that are family. (laughs) Um, but it, and that's so powerful in this, in this space because it's a relationship business and like a couple of our target markets, I know 
dozens of people in those markets, you know, um, that invest in real estate, you're going to bump into each other at some point. So it's good to have those kind of pre-existing relationships. So when you are up in, in a bidding war against someone or you're going mm-hmm. to buy their property and you're like, oh, I actually know you, you know, um, it's kind of fun <laughs> to have those already set up. Yeah. The other thing I like about it too, just from an outside perspective, I'm not as involved with that. What I do like about it is, especially with the COVID kind of pushed us in with the virtual meetups, is now people can plug into, I want to invest in Tucson. Well, where's the Tucson meetup? Okay, I want to go check out Fort Worth or I want to check out Florida, mm-hmm. wherever, with all the different meetup opportunities from the cover of your home. You can network with people in those individual markets while you're researching those markets and yeah. actually make those connections that you need to make. Because one of the biggest things we found that really helped us get our first deal under under our belt was we found a partner who we could partner with in the market we wanted to be in and created that mentorship relationship to where um, we could take down that first deal. Because that first deal, she'll tell you, like, she got hung up on, you know, she get hung up on what you call because you didn't have that credibility initially. But then we then we got the partner and I was like, hey, we own a property at, you know, on this on this street over on this part of town. We're looking to buy more assets. Now they would take the call because we had plug ourselves into that into a team yeah. that already had a proven track record and nice. um but those connections came through ultimately through a facebook group through connecting and then ultimately through groups and other groups but mm-hmm. the ability to do virtual meetups in other in other areas and find those people i think is powerful and it gives access to people that are maybe homebound you know invalid um people in the rural communities that really don't have access to that so they can yeah. attend an la meetup and meet all these different people that are investing in different markets it's really powerful yeah. very cool very cool. I got to ask you, we, we've talked about couples and what you're doing for couples. How did y'all, how did y'all meet? What's this, what's the love story here? <laughs> uh, so we met in high school. Um, <laughs> I liked her. She did not care for me as much. Um, we were friends off and on for, I don't know, probably six years. And okay. we talked a little while, we would stop and we would talk some more and then we'd stop. And I ended up asking her three different times to date me, which she'll tell you, I, I didn't intend to date somebody without it. That was then goal. Um, and so she was like, well, if I say yes, then, then that's basically saying yes to a proposal. Um, so turned down three times. And then the fourth time came around, I was in the military. Uh, I was in the military and get ready to deploy. And she had hit, she had messaged me. It was one of the first times she had initiated conversation. And so I was pretty excited. And, uh, and then <laughs> you were like, down, hey, man, that's, uh, that's I was good. like, Hey, here's the deal. I was like, I'm deploying for six months. And so we we're either doing this or we're not, cause I'm not doing this from six, you know, halfway around the world. And she's like, no, I'm in. So we Skype dated for six months. I came back, flew out to see her. It was the first time I had seen her in person in four years. She wow. still liked her. Um, <laughs> and uh, a couple months later, she came out to see me. I had a ring. Her mom told me I couldn't ask her to marry me at the time. Um, so I said, okay, no problem. Two months later, I flew out to their, to Boise to where they live. And I proposed anyways. And, um, and then we got married uh, a, couple months, a couple Go months later. Um, actually, right after we had proposed, I was supposed to deploy again. I got pulled off the deployment last second. So we were going to do a, a, you know, a year, a year later, we we're going to be uh, engaged. We we're like, well, if you're not going anywhere, so let's just get married. So we don't get married. Um, January, early January, mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. all year. So well, yeah, it, I, awesome. it was kind of a, you know, I definitely was, you know, everything I've done in my life, I've pursued with, uh, with intense vigor. Passion. Uh, yeah. I was, I, when I found her, I was like, yep, she's the one, it'll, it'll happen. Awesome. Uh, my goal, my path to becoming a pilot in the military was not an easy road. 
going the guard reserve route, you have to interview with individual units. It's like you get hired by individual job. You don't get hired by like big Air Force and they place you. Mm -hmm. And so I was tra I I interviewed in probably ten different, at least ten different places, traveling all over the country, all my own dime, going around selling myself. And um, and so I, I, that was I was like until I I'm either going to get disqualified from a health reason or I'm going to get in an accident and I I cannot physically do this. Um, so our relationship or, was in, indicative of the rest of yeah. his life. And then that part, and then same thing with multifamily, we put that yeah. and then same thing we're doing now. So, mm -hmm. well, they, you know, the saying is the fortunes in the follow-up, but for you, Nate, <laughs> here it is. It's marital bliss. That's, that's, that's right. it. Right. That's awesome. That is that's incredible. Right. You know, I love the, I love the financial literacy piece. I know we've kind of touched on it a couple of times and I, I would love to know kind of, I guess, who you're, who you're trying to service, like what that looks like and, um, and kind of really just hear the story of how you're helping people lay a foundation for, for their lives and, and kind of hopefully bettering them in some way, shape or form. So if you're open to it, I'd, I'd love to hear yeah. you talk about that a little bit. Sure. Absolutely. So our company, what we're doing, we're really disrupting the financial industry in the sense that the financial industry tends to only cater to affluent wealthy people. They don't, they're not interested in helping everyday American families making, you know, average American right. middle class. Yeah. Income. And so our platform and our business is all about helping the 99% of people that don't have access to the information that they need. And so um, from, a, from a broad perspective, personally, I've kind of niched down because riches are in the niches and sure. you can't serve everybody. Yeah. So I, my, my focus is really focused on people that are interested in being entrepreneurs, business owners, real estate investors, people that are looking for, they're open to other strategies to be able to get into that space. And so that's an area that I kind of niche down and personally focus on, but my agency and my team, we're nationwide. We got, we're in multiple States. Um, my goal is to establish at least six independent brokerages, um, mostly virtual brokerages. I've yet to sit down with a client face-to-face. -face. I've built my entire business virtually. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to continue to grow and scale that across the country and just open up more, you know, open up more networks to be able to service and help those families and, and people to, to get access to the information. But our whole platform is, is just teaching people how money really works. I've got, some courses I put together, a company I work with is the How Money Works company. They have a huge platform that we use to be able to just teach financial literacy and teach all the basic concepts, like, you know, simple things like the rule of 72 and how that applies to how your money works. Um, mm -hmm. Love the rule of 72. There. And you know what? I learned it last year. I learned that yep. rule of 72 mm -hmm. when I was 41 freaking years old. What is that for the people that don't know? Can you explain that for us? Yeah. So rule of 72 is just a basic math formula that determines how fast your money can double based on the rate of return that you're earning. So you take 72 divided by your rate of return. The resulting number is how many years it takes to double your money if you average that rate of return. Now that the rule can be applied in two ways. It can be applied to your investments and what your money's going to grow to. Or if you have debt, go apply it to your debt. Yeah. You know, credit cards, national average, 15 to 18%. It's the big one, right? You know, um, if you're trying, your goal is to get double digit rates of return on your money, right? So if you can get like 12%, you're doubling money every six years. But if you have a credit card that's 24%, where your debt is doubling every three years, who's yeah. winning that game? Mm -hmm. um, so that just, you know, that, that concept right there really just helps start to get people think about, okay, I'm saving money at the bank. I'm earning nothing. I'm losing to inflation. I got to find other opportunities. And so it's just starts opening that door. Then we just teach them different strategies to, you know, ways they can grow their money. Um, I'm very big on talking about tax impact and how that's going to impact the future, um, especially when it comes to distributions later on, because I think that's something that a lot of people miss. Um, where they like to, where people tend to save and go their money is in vehicles that uh, may not benefit them in the future. They may not be, they may not have as quite as much left when they, when they get to retirement that they thought they had. And one real niche of our business for us specifically is the couple dynamic. So um, whenever we run a client appointment and it's only one spouse and not the other, we call it a one-legged appointment and we, just, we can't do those. We know we have to have both 
on the same page yeah. to be able to move forward with, with something. And so that's so key, you know, we were talking about earlier with getting uh, couples on the same page with their finances. It really I, is. And and I think I've done a disservice to my family, just putting, throw myself under the bus of just trying to carry that weight myself. Right. And just take that off of, of her plate. But I think there is a lot to what you just said of, of bringing both parties in so that everybody knows what's happening, right? What's going on? Like when we, uh, we recently did our um, set up our wills and our like uh, trust and all of that stuff. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, that was an eye opening experience, I think, for, for both of us, for, both for me on how, um, I don't mean this in a negative way, but how little my wife really knew about what we had going on and like, and vice versa for her, for how much stuff I had everywhere right? Or we had everywhere, I yeah. should say. And so that's really important. I'm trying to do a better job as a husband, as a, as a father to bring the family together. Um, one of my goals is, is to teach my children financial literacy. It's one of my, one of my base whys for financial freedom is to be able to provide that education. So yeah. this, uh, this, your message hits home for me in a way that you uh, probably don't realize. And I love it. Awesome. That's yeah, great. Me too. Yeah, great I, Cassie's told me the same thing, Jamie, because you don't need to take this burden on by yourself. You realize that, right? I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is hugely beneficial. I just always felt like it was my responsibility to yeah, just yeah. Um, provide and do what I had to do. But, uh, but then I was always like, I always wondered why um, why my wife maybe didn't know what was going on. Like I came to her the other day, I was like, I think we're going to get that house you know, we're trying to put a house in our car. She's like, I didn't know you had a house. What house? You, were looking at, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know stuff um, like that. So. Nate, I got to ask you on the financial liter- literacy piece. You know, I think it starts when kids are real young, right? 100%. And we're trying yeah. to do stuff now with our kids and whatnot. And I, I mean, conspiracy theorist here, right? I feel like the government who owns the education system that most people, the public education system that most kids go through, I think their education system is working the way they want it to, right? To teach us to be drones and not really branch out and do things that the four of us are doing on this, on this zoom. How do we change that? I mean, I think it, it starts, be changed, it's, you know, I think it can be changed. It's going to be, it's a grass. It's going to be, it has to be a grassroots movement. Um, because like you said, I mean, the government has a certain way they're doing it, but they have a very specific reason why they're doing it. Um, and it's going to take a grassroots movement. It starts with the families. That's why, you know, our, our part of our mission in, in our company is no family left behind. It's, it's helping the entire family. We love, I love to include kids in the calls if there's kids around and they can understand the concepts. And, um, I did a call once with somebody and their kids were sitting there quietly, just take this, not even really paying attention, but they're hearing it, you know, they're starting oh, they're to get soaking the it up like a sponge though, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so start just starting that conversation of, 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 of that aspect. And, um, we, we have some resources that we use that are kind of a little bit more kid friendly, um, as well. And mm-hmm. just, you know, and I, I'm yeah. starting to see some other people. I think it, it does start with one, making the parents aware and, and, and interested so they can bring it into their home and teach it. Cause it's definitely not going to be taught in the school systems. Yeah. I think I saw a stat the other day, only 21 out of 50 States require any sort of financial uh, class in, in high school. And it's usually just a very basic, individual, very class, basic yeah. class, wow. um, not covering though, all the important things that once we become adults, we realize, Oh, wait a minute, how does credit work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they don't understand it. And it ends up being, you know, a tool that puts them in a lot of trouble versus being a tool that helps them get wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As one Unfortunately, I think by the time most people figure it out, they're so, you know, they've got, they've got a ton of debt. I mean, they're so yeah. buried that they have to figure yeah. it out. Right. And so, 
Um, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that, you know, we, we want to do more of with COVID. We couldn't do as much of it, but I know with the, the people that we work with, they've gone into schools and they've taught, you know, class, you know they'll do like a, a day seminar teaching kids. Um, that's something that I encourage, you know, uh, my partners and my business to, to do, um, to be able to just get in the community and, and have, have open up opportunities for people to have the conversation um, is again, I think it's going to be a grassroots movement that does it. Yeah. And I think we're, what we're doing and the company that we're with and what we're, what we're developing and growing is, is a part of that movement. Um, but definitely I agree. It's got to get them early when they're young, because mm -hmm. the way society sets it up is we go to school, we get, we finish high school. What's the next thing you go to college and you take on student debt. Well, now you're already behind the eight ball yeah. and, and yeah. then um, now you got to dig yourself out of it. And so if we can definitely catch them earlier. That's going to be, be mm -hmm. hugely important. Yeah, there's a yeah. great resource. Um, use How Money Works. It's actually a book and really great content um, you can find through our website. And then also um, seven, seven, seven Money Milestones is a really good short mini course. It's great for like even I think middle schoolers could even get through it, you know, and understand it well. Um, but definitely like for high schoolers too, before they, especially before they get into college. Yeah. Like, if you man, we, we teach this idea of this idea of a million dollar baby. And you're like, how do I, how do I leave a legacy to my kids? Well, you can save up a million dollars and hope you have enough to transfer after taxes and everything. Or <laughs> right. you can start, you can show them how they can start investing young. I mean, the, if you're not, I can't remember the exact numbers, but if you started when they're brand, just getting bored and you start a savings plan, the amount of money you have to save that can turn into a million dollars to spend on, on a conservative rates of return isn't very much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you, I think I saw it basically, if you start when they're born to 18, you'll save like, I don't know, like $30,000 and it should grow to a million by the time they're 65. If you wait till they're 18, they'll have to save the same amount they saved from zero to 18 for the rest of their life and they will barely hit the same number. Mm -hmm. So wow. um, little things like that, you know, just understand how compound interest. That's mm -hmm. really yeah. That yeah, which we don't, we didn't even have time to get into the whole infinite banking concept. And, uh, yeah. but all four of us do that with various different companies and, and we can make some links for you in the show notes. Mm -hmm. I want to move, we're about to wrap up and I want to move to a more lighter part of the show that I call off the wall, right? And it's right. three random questions. I want both Nate and Bethany to answer them uh, as best as you can. They are family friendly. Well, the questions are family friendly. I don't know about your answers. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. But you, I'm going to start off with, um, you guys seem to communicate with each other very well. Uh, and just not just with each other, but you guys just seem to communicate very well. But what has been the worst time that you've ever put your foot in your mouth? And what did you say? Ooh, to each other or just in general? Doesn't matter. Was it if it was the worst thing? Sure. <laughs> uh, one thing that comes to mind was I felt really bad about was Nate brought me a business card that he had designed and he was just like, what do you think of this? And I was just like, fonts too big. I changed that wording that spelled wrong. And you really need to just change the picture. And then I go back to, you know, cooking whatever I was cooking and he's just like crush. I don't think I made him cry, but no, he was really. just, <laughs> wow. Inside, you really he, was, he, was rude, he was broken you know? apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt really bad about that. All right. What so, about you, Nate? What's something I said that I put my foot in my mouth? Um, Worst um, time. We've always, we've all done it. Yeah. I probably did it this morning, I'm sure. Said. Um, trying to think of something in particular. Yeah. yeah honestly, I can't think. It's it's more of been like maybe a delivery. It gets like short and it comes out just like kind of rude. Yeah. Um, I can only, I, yeah, I can think of 
some instances where that happened. One thing that really, an action he did that really took me go. off, <laughs> buying a $4,000 water filtration system. With there that. we go. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Home so Depot not so much you. what I said, <laughs> what I what did. did. <laughs> I've done something. I've definitely done some things that I may or may not have talked to her about first before I did them. And then we had the discussion afterwards when it was too late to change anything. And now in Revenge, um, my cat chews the little piping that yeah. is on. <laughs> but it, but is you're supposed to make your hair like better and your skin shinier and or something. something and How's it working? It's got to be right? good. It's drinking Absolutely. water. I mean, I'm, I'm healthy. <laughs> I'm with Bethany on this. I, I don't know. We, we had those people come to our house too. And, uh, you know, cause Pensacola is, I don't know. They claim to be the oldest city in the United States. It's pretty old. Our pipes are old. And, uh, they, they made a compelling conversation, but here's where I checked out. When he gave us a price, he was at 10 grand before he walked out the door. He was at 1500. And I was like, Mm. Oh I'm not buying from you just off, based off principle. It's not, this is, yeah. you know, you don't start at 10 and come down to 15. That's just, yeah. anyway. Well, didn't you read it um, in the Grant Cardone book or something? Yeah. We don't know the specifics. But yes, I would say for me, it wasn't so much what I said, but I've definitely done some things done. where I definitely regretted it. Uh, That's funny. What is one thing, and we'll start with Bethany this time. We'll do ladies first. What is one thing that you've really wanted lately but haven't been able to get? Ooh, um, honestly, an airplane. So this is something that he he won me over to, and not because of the, the coolness <laughs> Wait, factor or anything like if that. If you guys are just listening to this, you need to go to YouTube and watch <laughs> Nate's face just light off. When yeah. it's, it's like news to him. Excitement. <laughs> It was like a kid on Christmas morning right then. That was awesome. And then when my current dog passes away, another pu a new puppy. But um, <laughs> no, an airplane just because of the 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 convenience factor. So yeah. we've been, you know, we we're starting to do just a lot of traveling. Even even during COVID, we did so many trips in 2019. I lost count. Um, and and yeah, just the convenience factor of getting it flying private is so awesome. Just, we're yeah, not saying no private comparison. jet level yet. But. Right. Right. Smaller, yeah, yeah. small general yeah. aviation. Yeah. yeah. You got a built-in pilot, which is good. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Well, she took my answer because that was definitely my answer. Um, All right, name, name the model. What model are you are you getting? Uh, so the, the airplane I'm looking at right now is a Piper Aerostar. It's one of the fastest twin engine, like general aviation okay. airplanes. It'll do about 230 knots. It seats six people. Um, most of them are built in the 80s. They haven't built them in a while, but they're solid fast airplanes that's probably the one i'm looking at the most right now the other one that i want to get more for selfish reasons is uh it's a vans rv i think it's an eight version um it's tailwheel aerobatic fly upside down pull g's do do formation uh all the fun, fun stuff that i want to yeah. do um but yeah those are the ones that are like really like right now and, and the plane really is is the biggest thing right now because a lot of the th places we go, they're, they're not far, they're not like super far. They're just mm -hmm. far enough that if we had a small plane, we could get there back in the day, no mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no yeah. Vegas, Tucson for us, we were in, we're in Southern California. Um, and I can take my animals. And take the animals. <laughs> there's, a lot of little, there's a lot of little things that it would be very nice and convenient for. And we have some partners that want to do it with us as well. So that would be nice. But how do you, how do you break that up from a partnership standpoint? Is it just like, do you guys create an operating company and it's just, yeah, it's not, invested yeah, it's, in like an, it's actually kind of how it works is you would set up an entity that owns the plane. 
and then you'd have the individual owners. Um, I try to, you probably don't want to have more than four at the most and probably you'll, you know, only want two of those to be pilots. Okay. Like one of the, the gentlemen we're looking at partnering with, he's not a pilot. He's has some experience, but not, he's not licensed. So he wants it more for the, the fact that we're partners in the real estate world. We travel the same markets, things like that. Um, so he'll have a share of it, probably like a quarter share because I'll be using it way more than he will. But um, it just helps, you know, off, offset costs or not. But it's not uncommon to have a couple of partners on a, on a deal, mm-hmm. on, a, on a plane. Gotcha. All right. Last one. If you were given $1,000 to spend on your closest friend, what would you get them? Really interesting question. Um, I would buy an experience. So um, my sister is probably my closest friend aside from him. And so an experience like a a couple night trip somewhere. um, That would be, that'd be my guess. What's your sister's name? Jennifer. Jennifer, you're getting in a three night stay. <laughs> Come on down. Uh, that's a really good answer, though. I, She's I like been our, that. our biggest supporter through all of our that's different awesome. pursuits through the through the years, and just like, hey, you guys, whatever you're doing now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I like the for a thousand bucks. I'm definitely probably going to go from an experience perspective. Um, I love like really nice dinners. So like mm-hmm. maybe like a Mastro steakhouse. It's a nice place out here. Um, something like that. A thousand bucks for, a, for a dinner. Uh, <laughs> well, if it's only two people, maybe three at the most. Um, wow. um, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure who would I take. I mean, I've got a couple of business partners that I've, I've been working with for a while that, um, we were just starting to see the fruits of our labor. So, yeah. um, you know, helping some, you know, helping those guys out or, um, KJ, take KJ yeah, to a yeah, I got yeah. <laughs> a good friend. He's, over, he's <laughs> over. He's overseas, and we've known each other for a long time through the 10X network. Support each other in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. We're always talking about one of these days we'll meet back up again. We'll have a badass dinner. <laughs> there so you go. Maybe go. that'll be it. That'll be it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I want to thank you for being here, um, Jamie. You as well, sir. I, I think uh, the conversation was incredible with you here, and, and uh, we're, we're definitely mm-hmm. going to do this again soon. Um, Nate, Bethany, you guys have so much going on. You've got the seven money milestones, how money works, financial literacy piece, your cash flow couple, multifamily masters. How can somebody listen to this, watching this, if they want to get in touch with you guys, what's the best avenue for them to, to do that? Yeah, so everything's consolidated to yourcashflowcouple.com. You can find all the other things that you mentioned uh, on there. And so, yeah, just your cashflowcouple.com. You'll find our social media and everything through on there as well. So. Yeah, that is our, our, our handle on the different platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So if you search for that, awesome. you'll find us too. Awesome. Yeah. Very nice connecting with you two today. I've got so many Same. more questions that I feel don't, I feel they're not appropriate for this conversation. So we're, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to follow up with the both of you um, on some, some potential next steps, but I, I love what you guys are doing. It's incredible. Awesome. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for letting me be a part of it, guys. I uh, I got a lot of value out of it. Awesome. Glad glad to hear that. Yeah. Guys, take care. All right, y'all. I owe you a a link for sticking around this long for your free 15-minute consultation with Mark Willis. Head over to w2capitalist.com forward slash bank, w2capitalist.com forward slash B-A-N-K. The link is also in the show notes of uh, wherever you're grabbing this from. 
Also, second step that I recommend is connect with Nate and Bethany. They're over at yourcashflowcouple.com. I think they're just a huge resource to be able to help couples realize the power of investing in real estate together and what it can do for their family. So head over to yourcashflowcouple.com. And as I said at the very beginning, if you are someone who's being pressured by your spouse to be able to invest in real estate and you can't quite figure out what's going on, send me an email to j at w2capitalist.com. I will find a time to connect and all three of us will get on a phone call to see if we can't alleviate those obstacles that you have from going forward, investing in real estate and building a better future for yourself and your family. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the very end. Now let's get out there and earn, invest, repeat.